I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 73 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, One Minute at a Time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Richard Dernam of Acura Minute. Did I get that right? Welcome back yep, to the show. you got it. All right. Oh, Thanks I, for I, having me. I try. Me. I try. <laughs> Thank you for, 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 for being willing to come back and, and talk more about, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the deal that Potter is trying to, 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 to put through. You know, we're not uh, afraid of success here. Nope. The movie Rob Minute. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so minute 73 begins with George, uh, looking at his hand and ends with, uh, uh, George having Potter's words reverberate in his mind. So we, we basically ended things yesterday with, uh, Potter convincing George that he should take a little bit of time to think about this and then come back with a, a positive answer so that you'll, uh, get, get this, uh, uh, you'll, you'll, you know, Potter, Potter is very seal confident. The deal. That's right. Seal the deal. Potter is extremely confident in, uh, in, in his, uh, I guess, negotiations ability. You know, he, he doesn't doubt for a second that he's making him an offer. He can't refuse in his, that's own right. <laughs> that's right. And this is, and this is, uh, you know, 25 years before that offer is, uh, is really made. You know, maybe, maybe he should have, like, you know, taken a, a horse's head and, uh, you know, sent yeah. it over to George's place. Maybe that would help. Martini's goat. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that Martini's goat would, would be something you would you would send to Martini, not necessarily to George. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't think there's there's any animals that I can think of that, uh, that George has been uh, uh, actively pursuing. <laughs> Throughout the rest of throughout this movie, so uh, yeah, he's he's not really much of a uh, he's not a pet person. You know, if if anything, no. I think that that if George had a pet, I would say he would have some sort of like a small dog. That was what I would think. A small dog? I'm thinking yeah. like a lab, something like that. Okay, all right, I, I can I can see that, like a medium medium sized dog. I'm not we're not talking. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he would have like a uh you know a, a a doberman or something you know very aggressive no 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 something easy going i would yeah. think but yeah yeah i think so maybe like a maybe like a hunting dog right so he likes mm, okay i, yeah, I can see him to, like with a dog he likes dog. to walk barefoot through the grass <laughs> right and, you know <laughs> that's true violet doesn't like that but he does yes yeah. 
barefoot through the grass. What? What are you crazy? Yes. Do you know how long? How far it is? <laughs> Bedford Falls. Yeah. Yeah. Violet is not so. <laughs> Violet likes indoor activities, not outdoor activities. Yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what we can assume so we, from there. <laughs> we we didn't talk yet about like the the different kinds of neckties. Uh, George has what is, I mean, his suit is pretty, wouldn't look out of place today, including Correct. his necktie. It looks pretty modern. Right. Um, I mean, uh, the thing is, his lapels on his shirt uh, look a little strange here. You know, the lapels are a little wide, and he's got those like two breast pockets, which are a little weird. So, like, yeah. the, the, his, his, and his coat is a little bit pinched at the waist. Yeah, it's it's pretty long, but uh, I Man, mean, you know what? It looks like a, it looks like a hunting. Uh, you you mentioned before maybe that you know he'd be out. To, oh yeah, you know, maybe that's a hunting jacket. It could be. Well, again, George is not. Uh, George is thrifty. You know, he's not going to be going and buying yeah. expensive clothing and stuff like that. You know, he's going to take what he can get, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if this jacket has holes in it somewhere. Um, you know, like like small holes, not big holes. Patches on the elbows. Um, you can see that. Yeah, I mean, I, no. I I think last week or maybe it was two weeks ago, someone mentioned, you know, my guest mentioned that that maybe that that's the one thing missing from this 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 jacket, you know, elbow patches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's missing a pipe off the that make he... him look like a uh, you know professor. Yeah, and, and well, the uh, what are the Sherlock Holmes cap? Yeah, too. That would that wouldn't look out of place. Kind of like a fox. It's almost like a fox hunting outfit. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> but in comparison to like uh, Mr. Potter and his his valet, valet or whatever you call it, his butler, mm-hmm. they're like. I mean, they look like. 19th century like funeral workers or something <laughs> they're uh well again that they've that, got the same that works well tie. for the that that works well for for the butler <laughs> he's the guy digging the graves he he knows where the bodies are buried <laughs> That's right. you know potter says to him okay uh you know go go plant that in potter's field and he's like all right i'm gonna go do it don't don't ask me later what really is going on there you know so Look at the uh did we know who did the costumes? Um, I mean, it's something, it's something that you can easily. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we mentioned it during the the, the first few days of of this season. Um, the costumes were by Edward Stevenson. He did oh, the okay. He has 203 IMDb costume designer credits. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the final ones being uh, uh, numerous Lucy uh, Ricardo stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, you know, it was a TV series, and then the Lucy show. You did two two TV series, and and uh, you know a, a TV movie from Lucy called Lucy in London. And he did he did thirty six episodes of I Love Lucy also as a costume designer. So yeah, he he was her choice for the uh, the person doing doing all of all of the designing that she needed. He did uh, Citizen Kane and uh, the Magnificent Ambersons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It says in IMDb that he spent 18 years doing designing for Lucille Ball. So, okay, wow. that, that sort of makes sense. <laughs> um, and he, he did win an Oscar for the movie The Facts of Life, which was actually uh, a hilarious movie. Did you ever see it by any chance? I don't think I have. It's what with uh, Bob Hope and uh, Lucille Ball. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that when he they he started working with with uh, Ms. Ball? No, she. This was 1960, so he had already worked with her before. Oh, okay. Um, but so obviously they brought him in for that. You know, he he shared his Oscar with uh, Edith Head. You know the the uh, okay. reigning reigning yeah, queen yeah, yeah. of the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, the queen. Yeah. So her. Uh, there's a nice. Uh, her last uh, credit was uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. <laughs> and uh, there's a nice dedication to her in that movie because she did the costumes for all of, you know, so many movies that that particular movie actually pays tribute to. So. Right. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah, I, I did not remember that uh, that fact. And uh, no, so I, I, I like I like Potter's outfit. You know, it's it's. Uh, it. I, I, like the, the question you know, is, is whether it's that's modern for this time or if it's something that's still, um, you know, a vintage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have the feeling it's kind of it's old fashioned, even for 1934 or five. Right. Whatever this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we get uh, another like. Uh, we get a view of more stuff on his desk. Like even like you thought the stuff that we had seen on his desk was weird enough. There's like something at the edge of his desk that's like even more outlandish. I don't know exactly what it looks like. There's a bell in there in between two kind of tusks that are maybe candle holders. It's wild. Do, well, do you think that that's like to, uh, you know, to call to call his uh, secretary to come in? Well, he's got maybe, maybe in the olden days, but he's got like the intercom that we've seen him use, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, we did talk about this last week, uh, or it was two weeks ago. No, I think it was last week. You know, we, we noticed that we were trying to figure out what it is, and we we assumed that it was just the bell that he was ringing, you know, to, to, to you know, to, to help uh, angels get their wings. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, dig me! I'm handing out wings. Or maybe, maybe, maybe he's the opposite. Maybe he has a contraption that takes away the wings of. Uh... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever oh, I... he's got, oh, I just noticed there's like a little mallet. Yes. Oh wow! That he can use to strike the bell. That's that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's. Uh... He's got some very interesting things in his in his office, no question about that. And I mean, I love the way that I mean this minute begins. George is shaking uh Potter's hand and then he's looking at his hand as he's doing it. And he's trying to decide, you know, he's trying to figure out, is this really my hand that's shaking my arch enemy's hand? You know, like Who's whose hand? What is did that? I just do? Yeah, that's right. What what is this? How did I wind up here? That's right. I, I, I think I, he's, he's saying he's saying I, I I spoke I smoked I smoked a little too much pot yesterday. You know what am, what am I doing here? And then well, he, how did I get here? That's right. And then he like disengages his hand, and then he looks at his hand as if now his his hand is tainted. And then he like wipes 
it on it on his like he he flexes it back and forth, uh, you know uh, flexes his hand a little bit, and then I guess to make sure that it's yeah. still working after touching you know death, and then you know he wipes his hand on his on his jacket, you know to like get that that uh, dirty stench that dirty feel off of it or something like that. And then we, and we, I would expect Potter to react to that, but yeah. it doesn't seem like Potter reacts until like George starts speaking. Well, Potter like, said, I, I Potter said last week that hand. nobody likes me and I don't care. So, you know, I don't think uh, Potter would easily be offended by that. He's he's more offended that 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 his manipulations aren't working than anything else. Yeah. Okay. You know. And then we, we can see on Jimmy Stewart's face. You know, George has this quick uh, flood of 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 thoughts and and a flood of realization, and then he goes, whoa, whoa, "Wait a second. He goes, "No, no, 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 now wait a minute here. I don't need twenty four hours. I don't have to talk to anybody. I know right now, and the answer is no, no, doggone it, no." And then he turns to him and goes, "You sit around here and you spin your little webs." And you think the whole world revolves around you and your money. Well, it doesn't, Mr. Potter. In the whole vast configuration of things, I'd say you were nothing but a scurvy little spider. You. And then, like, he loses. He, 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 I think he wants to stop himself from going too far. You know, even though it's possible that in 1934 he went too far by, by calling him a, uh, you know, scurvy little spider. I don't know. A scurvy little spider. Can spiders get scurvy? <laughs> I mean, scurvy is like when you don't get enough like vitamins, right? From uh, mm-hmm. like vitamin C and stuff, right? So, uh, fruit isn't usually part of like a spider's diet, right? So I don't. Right. So I I, I actually have information about scurvy. Um, it's also known as. Uh, Muller's disease, Cheadle's disease, uh, Barlow's disease, hypoascorbemia, or just easily, as you just said, a vitamin C deficiency. <laughs> so it's it's a disease that uh, results in the lack of vitamin C. Um, early symptoms of deficiency include weakness, fatigue, sore arms and legs, and if you don't... Uh, if you don't have treatment, you have uh, a decreased number of red blood cells. You can get gum disease. Your hair can change. Uh, you can get bleeding from your skin. And, you know, it, it can get, uh, if it gets worse, you know, your, 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 your body won't heal as quickly. You know, when you get like yep. cuts and, and scrapes and stuff like that, the wound healing. Um it sometimes can affect people's personalities. And in the end, uh, most people who die of scurvy basically die of some sort of infection or they, they bled out too much or whatever it is. I don't know. The thing. You know, it's, scurvy is something that you always hear like in pirate movies, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because, that, you know, that's oftentimes in, you know, long ship voyages, they didn't have sufficient stores of fresh fruit. Uh, specifically so that was scurvy was always a danger and that's why uh uh the british kind of uh isn't it that they introduced the uh 
taking lime with gin uh, because that was a, that was a way to to uh, fight scurvy. Yeah, well, they they would give them lemon juice. In in 1753, a uh, surgeon in the uh, the Royal Navy called James Lind. He is the one who who realized that the way to combat scurvy, because most times ships would come back with with half of the people dead from scurvy, yeah. right? And so he realized that w- the way to treat it is using citrus fruit, fr- citrus fruit. And it took a long time. Uh, it took took another forty years till they realized that what they need, all they need to do, was give uh, lemon juice. To, uh, so when did he identify? When, 40 in 17, years 1753. 1753. And they only started using it by giving lemon juice in 1795. So, yeah, it, it, it could be a problem. Um, but I, the question is, is do, you th- do you think scurvy is still something that, that, that many people deal with these days? I don't. I mean, it's such a well-known thing. Uh, treatment or prevent you know it's well known that you just need to eat fruit like to, to prevent it right i think exactly i don't think it's yeah i, I don't think it's really that right so basically the, wrong. The, the research i did is is that the only places that you really find it are places where you know people are uh, already dying of starvation and malnutrition yeah um, so it's just like one more thing on top of that's right you know, and, and that's the type of thing where people would get like, uh, you know, beriberi and uh, pellagra and things like that, which, uh, you know, hopefully in the future at some point, I'll, I'll like talk about the uh, Bridge of the River Kwai right? where they talk about beriberi. Yeah. <laughs> right. Are those basically other vitamin deficiencies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're micronutrient deficiencies. Um, so places where, uh, you know, where, where people are starving, stuff like that, that those are the places where this happens because even, even breast milk has vitamin C in it. So anyone who's being breastfed, you know, is, is going to be getting uh, enough vitamin C in their diet. Um, unless, as long as the mother is, I was going to say, unless the mother is, the mother has the same issue. Yeah. Um, uh, nowadays in Western society, it's, it's rare in adults, but uh, it usually affects either uh, young children or the elderly. That so. yeah, makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, some of the symptoms are but can uh, spiders get it? <laughs> well, George seems to think so. Anyway. <laughs> that's right. George seems to think that, that spiders can. It. You know, so why not? Again, I, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier this week, that, you know, the, the lack of being able to use colorful metaphors, they had to just make some very interesting, uh, yeah, make up some interesting, uh, uh, you know, things to say, oh, especially when you can use alliteration. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that seems to work. And then <laughs> it's just really funny, you know, because George stops himself. He goes, you... And then he just says, and that goes for you too. By point, he points to the, uh, you know, to Lurch in the background, and he he's had enough, and uh, you know he he like staggers back a little bit, and then you know 
opens the door and you know we see the secretary starting to walk towards him and he goes and it goes for you too so this is the secretary that potter was talking to on the intercom Mm -hmm. when he told her like to make the congressman wait that's right and to uh to get george bailey yeah that's right so his uh, I have a question about where is Mr. Potter's office? Is this in the bank that he took over uh, after the bank run? I'm my thought is yes, but we'll have to wait uh, you know I think two weeks till we actually get into the bank yeah and then we'll yeah. know better. but I mean what it, it Actually, you know what? When he opens the door, yes, it is the bank. You can see because because when George opens the door to leave, we get a shot of yeah. people walking back and forth in the back, and it does look like a bank. Yeah. And on the door, so, it says it says Henry F. Potter, President. President. So he became president when he took control of the bank. Yeah, which makes sense, right? Yeah. So where what did he? Where was his office? So he. Where was his office beforehand? Or his office before, and like so, he decided like what was co- like. Why did he decide to like move his office into like this new business property or this new? Because they were willing to give him a uh, death's head uh... <laughs> pocket watch. Pocket watch. There you go. <laughs> it came to the office. That's yes. right. That's right. You know they 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 made they made Potter an offer he couldn't refuse. You know they said hey we're gonna we're gonna give you a, a death head pocket watch. Yeah. He's like I'm there. Once, <laughs> once you buy our shares for fifty cents on the dollar, yeah, <laughs> you probably bought those for cheaper, right? Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting. It's a very very interesting question because we we never see his office beforehand. We always see him at somewhere else. You know whether it's at the Bailey, uh, you know, building and loan, or or uh, where else did we see him? Or his away? carriage, or his carriage, right? But you see, I'm I'm still wondering how he got to the second floor of the Bailey building and loan. That that's my question. Lurch. Well, that, Lurch. <laughs> but that's why I think that he's faking it. You know. Oh. You know, I I I always picture him. You know, uh, having the wheelchair stop at the at the bottom of the stairs, looking both ways to make sure no one's looking, and then standing up, <laughs> picking up the chair. I think carrying it up with Lurch, Lurch is like the David Prowse character in A Clockwork Orange, right? Like the the bodybuilder who, who's strong enough to like carry the wheelchair, <laughs> but he needs to carry the wheelchair and Mr. Potter. You know, again, unless yeah. he's faking it. So, all right, it's possible. It's very possible. When when George leaves and he sees the secretary, do you notice how the the secretary like bends out? She she sort of does like a limbo to try to get out of George's way. Because she she like bends she's, her body. She seems un she seems unfazed. Yeah, she's like okay, like this another just, person, yeah, another, another person leaving Mister Potter's yeah. office uh, this way. Yes, yeah, spitting and shouting. Yeah, okay, that's right. Uh, you know, that's it. And George kept kept the cigar. You know, so you got to give him credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't wait. To, he's uh, finished with it by the time he gets home. 
Well, we're, we're going to get there in a second because so, so the scene changes and now we're in their home. Okay. Mary seems to be fast asleep. George, you know, is, is outside of the door, turns off the light and then walks into the room. Okay. Now my assumption is, is that this is not immediately after leaving Potter, you know, I think, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow, but because I, I sort of have some proof that this is a few hours later. He's been walking around. Yeah, yeah, we we yeah we see the time tomorrow. That's right. That's right. We see the clock. Spoilers. Yes, come back tomorrow to find out what time the clock says. <laughs> That's right. And <clears throat> you know, so basically, you know, like we we see Mary sleeping, and you know, he he is is very careful because he doesn't want to wake her up. You know, so he turns off the lights, and then he enters the room, and then we we start hearing in George's mind the the words of Potter reverberating in his mind. And he goes, yeah. you wouldn't mind living in the nicest house, nice house in town, buying your wife a lot of fine clothes, going to New York on a business trip a couple times a year. You know, so he's he's pretty much torn up about the fact that that he had this great opportunity and chose to not take the opportunity merely because he's someone who has integrity. <laughs> Which which is something that Potter didn't expect. You know, Potter uh, assumed that he was going to be able to uh, somehow, you know, convince George to, to take up his offer. But alas, it didn't happen. <laughs> no. Potter isn't as uh, as smart as he thought he would be with with people like George. What can you do? <laughs> and so we see... Uh... The uh, as he closes the door, we see there's like a tie rack on the back of the bedroom door. Mm-hmm. And we see another one of his ties. Right, right. Um, I mean, there aren't that many ties there. No, there's um, like this extra tie. His other right. tie. He's, he's yeah. got like two ties, maybe three. You know, and I love how in movies when people turn off the lights or you, or even when when someone is is turning either up or down the the sound on the radio, it doesn't really change. It changes in their world, but not for us. You know, so so here he closes the he turns off the light, but there's still tons of light coming into this room from the window. You know, yeah, it, he's it's moonlight. Off the light for the uh, the staircase. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. The hallway for yeah, sure. The front hall. But my point is, is that you know, it's not as if she's she's sleeping in the pitch dark. Like like I, if I no. can, I prefer to sleep in the pitch dark. You know, it drives my wife nuts. You know, I'm willing to close the shades. You know, have it completely dark. Um, well, you know, I don't, I don't need any light. And she likes to have a little bit of light coming in or anything like that. Um, so, you know, it, it, when, when I see these types of things in movies, it just drives me crazy. Because I say, okay, you know, she's, she's sleeping, but we still see uh, the moonlight shining on her face. Yeah, and you can see there's obviously like... Uh... The blinds aren't drawn, but there's looks like there's probably lace curtains because we can you can see like flowers. The shadows. Yeah. yeah, we can see the shadows on the wall are actually moving right. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, again, we don't know what time of year, year this is. Um, True. So it, the assumption is it's not winter. Because actually, well, we saw Martini uh, yeah. move in. If we, if we guess that it's soon after martini moves in right it's, 
we have some clue about the weather. Right. My my guess it would it's probably like springtime. That's what I would say. You know, maybe maybe late spring. Uh, but that that's just a pure guess. There's no there, yeah. there's there's no education involved in that, so it's not an educational guess. <laughs> um, okay, so that that's pretty much all I have for this minute. Uh, we'll we'll get more into what's going on in in this room tomorrow. Um, yeah. did, did you have anything else you want to say about this minute, Richard? Um, uh, the, so the uh, one other thing on Potter's desk was like on the right side of his desk was that huge like desk lamp that mm-hmm. looks like that looks like it has a bowling ball on top of it. Yeah, it's like it looks like it could be like a black light. It's <laughs> like maybe his uh, the the portrait air Mr. Potter's portrait is like has some weird colors that show up under black black light. That's why he has that there. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not too interested in black lighting uh, you know Potter's uh, Potter's office to see what goes on there. And he and then he's got like this big horn like uh, on top of the, like a row of books, like on a side table by the door too. It's a little bit weird. Just just well, a ton of like weird stuff in his office. Well, it's, I think it's stuff from all around the world. I think that's the idea. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the bowling ball looks like it, it has like, I would say it would be something from like China or something like that. That would like be my guess. Uh, because of the, yeah, maybe the, 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 you know, it looks like it has maybe a dragon or a, or a lion on on the you know on the design. So you know Potter, whether he travels or not, people bring him a nice gift yeah. from around the world. You know he he sits and waits for people to bring him. Uh, you know uh, what are the what are they called platitudes? You know when they come visit him. <laughs> I just came back from visiting tributes. Tributes exactly. Yeah. I just came back from visiting Souvenirs, the, yeah. the far. The Far East, and I, you know, I, I'm bringing you this bowling ball from China. You know, what can you do with it? <laughs> well, I have this, I have this, this lamp that doesn't work. I'll huge just put desk, it on top. yeah. Which is, just, <laughs> there's so much real estate on this desk. That's right. Fill up. Thank you. That's right. You know, we, we need to find someone who who knows enough about antiques that could tell us. Okay, so the the death's head uh, thing that that comes from uh, Africa, and you know the the contraption he uses for the bells. You know, comes from England, and you know, so we know from all the different places around the world. You know that, that to show how worldly Henry Potter really is, or pretends to be, for that matter. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Every Wednesday, we have a segment called "It's a Wonderful Wednesday," where the the idea behind this segment is that you know, in the seventy seven years since this movie came out, uh, there have been tons of uh, areas of media that have uh, copied the the general premise of the movie of what would happen if a beloved character no no longer existed. You know, how would things change and stuff like that. So basically every week I find one of these uh, remakes and uh, we we discuss it uh, briefly. So I I was trying to find something that I thought you might be interested in. And, uh, you know, we we spoke a little bit in the green room and I, I now regret partially my decision you know because i could have gone a different way that might have made you a little happier but uh i i apologize for that but 
I decided to. No worries. No, I'm, it, it doesn't matter. This is what we have. <laughs> you know, it was it, it, exactly yeah. <laughs> more or less, Richard. <laughs> so, um, I, I actually one of the movies that that uh, came out that takes this idea and tries to reuse it is the. Uh, uh, sequel to the movie Richie Rich, which is called Richie Rich's Christmas Wish, which wow. uh, which came out in uh, in 1998. It's the sequel to the the, the big Macaulay budget. Macaulay Culkin. Well, no, Macaulay Culkin was in the original Richie Rich. The sequel, oh, okay. basically, no one comes back from from the original uh, for the sequel. Uh, you have uh, a, a child actor named David Gallagher who plays uh, Richie Rich. And the, wow. the, the whole premise here is that, uh, you know, Richie Rich gets, gets into trouble. Surprise, surprise. You know, that, that never happens in, in, the, in the, the comic book. And, you know, everyone always forgives him because he's this little rich kid. But in, in the movie, so he feels bad. And he happens to meet up afterwards with uh with one of the, the the people that live in their mansion who is a professor that is constantly inventing things and he has invented a wish machine that if you any wish that you make uh, will come true and so uh, you know and there there are some bugs in the system and r- the first thing richie uh asks for is a pie and it actually gives him a pigsty um, so we we see like it 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 uh, creates this little pig pen that that uh, that Richie is stuck in, you know, with with pigs and mud and stuff like that. And then so he decides after uh, being accused by his cousin of of causing problems. His cousin's name is Reggie Vando, and yep. so yep. he decides that maybe life would be better for everybody if he never existed. So that's oh, wow. what he wishes for. And, you know, he then finds himself uh, in the mansion, but no one seems to recognize him. No one seems to know who he is. His cousin was then adopted by his parents, and his cousin rules the, the everyone with, with an iron fist, uh, always complaining, you know, trying to, you know... Uh, you know, doing what Potter would do, I guess you could say. <laughs> and so the, yes. the the whole point of the of the, the the premise of the movie is that Richie Rich needs to find a way in this new world that he's listening that he's taking that that he's now in. He has to find this uh, this scientist who was the one who created, you know, this this wishing machine. Yeah. Um, so he, he ends up getting, getting help with, the, from Cadbury, you know, who in, in the real future or in the real thing, Cadbury is his butler. And, but he goes in yeah. and finds him because Cadbury, uh, continued his singing career and was part of a, uh, like a, a grunge band. And he ends up getting his help to try and find this professor who's played by Eugene Levy, who I thought was pretty funny in the movie. Uh, the movie itself is is pretty bad, you know. It's <laughs> so you 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 actually subjected yourself to this. Yes, movie. I did. You didn't just yes. you didn't just like read the the summary. No, 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 no. I, I'm I'm wow. I'm a completionist. I sat and watched wow. this movie today. 
just to be able to wow. be able to talk to you and say and and discuss it. You know, I, I've seen bad movies too. You know, I yeah. I I could probably say that that I've seen more more bad movies than good movies. With the you know, I've seen close to eleven thousand movies and review them on my website. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know when I people like uh, especially like I see younger people like my my daughter and her, her friends like they see my letterbox scores and they're like wow you're like you score movies pretty high and my response is you I don't think you've seen a truly bad movie that's right <laughs> you you don't know what a half star movie really looks like that's right just count your blessings. <laughs> Yes, I've I've seen because one of, one of my uh, pet peeves is is that if I start a movie, I have to finish it. Doesn't matter how bad it is, you know. I I I, I can't turn it off, uh, you know. And if it's bad, I won't watch it again. You know, that's it. I know that I've you know, I've I've seen you know I've I've seen movies where I, I I hated them and and wrote a bad review of it and had the writers you know. Uh, respond to me uh complaining you know that how come i'm not letting other people have a chance to 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 form their own opinions of it really wow yeah it's called don's plum came out in 2001 okay, yeah i was i was about to i was about to say because that's the only one i don't that you've never heard of <laughs> yes, exactly. i saw toby this a McGuire. few years ago and uh, like you have you have kevin connelly's in it toby mcguire um uh marissa Rabisi, Jeremy Sisto, you know, there, there were a lot of, of names that, that are recognizable that were in it. And like I said, I, I, I gave it a really, really okay. bad, so it was bad okay. review. And, uh, well, I, I, I got someone, you know, to, to come, come comment on my site. <laughs> <laughs> One of the six writers. <laughs> Wow, so it was filmed in like ninety five, ninety six, but it was like they held it held up. They held because, it up. Yeah, the stars were sued because uh, according to this, is they'd only agreed to star in a short film and not a feature film. Mm, okay, okay, that's weird. Right. Yeah. Okay. I wrote this review uh, in September of twenty fifteen, and one of the writers, uh, Dale Wheatley, uh, was the one who 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 wrote to me. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, he, I'll even read. I'll read what he wrote. <laughs> he goes, "Wow, I know our little movie. I wrote, produced, and even acted a little bit in Don's Plum can provoke a powerful response, but yours is almost malicious. I'm glad that you had a chance to see it and that you agreed that it is wrong to have this film censored. If you'd like to read more from the filmmaker's perspective about what happened between us, the filmmakers, and Toby and Leo, check out, and then he put it up the website. And if you'd like to see some sure. great reviews of the film, check out IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes. Some people actually love this movie. Maybe you just didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. <laughs> What can I tell you? <laughs> he so he, he never came back after free. that. <laughs> yeah, you can. Anybody can watch it with free of charge. There you go. <laughs> Wheatley is the one. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Seems like he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. 
Dale in 2014, Dale Wheatley published an open letter to DiCaprio, right? Uh, and then uh, he uploaded the film so that it could be streamed for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a link to it's on archive.org. There you go. All right. <laughs> so on that note. But Richie's Richie Rich's Christmas wish. Yeah. You would say is it's is it's better than Don's Plum. How's that? <laughs> not by it's 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 a silly movie but it but but i did like the way that it takes the premise of it's a wonderful life and and applies it to richie rich's life i mean as a kid i i remember reading tons of richie rich comics so you know it 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 was it was nice to see you know what a world without richie rich would be like and that's what they did here um you got martin mall and levy well martin mall and, and leslie ann warren both play mr and mrs rich um, Richard Rich and uh, and Regina Rich. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, it was it, again. It was it was fun watching it, but it's not a good movie at all. That that that's what it comes down to. But but it does fit in with it's a wonderful Wednesday. <laughs> that's what. The, and that's the point. <laughs> that's what we need here. <laughs> All right, so Richard, you want to tell people once again where they can find you? Uh, yeah, you can uh, go to my website, dunhamrc.com, and you'll, there you'll find links to my two podcasts, Akita Minute and Ghibli Minute. All right, and while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe to any podcast you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Mover Up Minute. You can find me on my website, moverupminute.com. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter, which is for some reason now known as X, the the site formerly known as Twitter, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So until tomorrow, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly did. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears. 